And today is our celebration of our Christmas Sunday, and I'm just excited to be here. I hope you're excited to be here. How many excited to be in church today? I tell you what, uh, sometimes uh, there's no better place to be. Uh, when I was growing up, we used to have this um, uh, church that we went to when my dad, the first pastor that my dad had, it was called Lighthouse Baptist Church. And uh, we made t-shirts uh, one time, the place to be is LBC. So the place to be is GRBC. So I'm glad you're here this morning. Well, if you get your hymn books, let's stand together and turn to page number 424. Oh, come all ye faithful. 424. Sing that song and not be blessed. All right, well, let's start with a word of prayer this morning. Eric, would you lead us in a word of prayer this morning, please? Amen. You may be seated. While you're taking your seats, turn to page number 433, Away in a Manger. Now, you kids, where you at? I see Samantha over there. I see Sammy. This is a song you guys need to really sing out. Uh, I know a lot of you know it. So if you know it, where's Carlos back there? 
Carlos knows this song right away in a manger, no room for an end. The little Lord Jesus, I think I got it confused. No crib for a bed. All right, ready? First one. telling you what, I'm getting so involved in this song, I want to sing it twice. All right, verse number three, excuse me. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to so much. What a good song. Well, um, I'd have to say, I, Brother Glenn probably agree with me that the uh, uh, sending home of Sister Dawn was a great day yesterday. And I tell you what, I was just appreciative of all you folks who pitched in and helped. And I want to also thank all those that came and were supportive. Got to see some old faces, got to see some faces I've never seen before. Um, but I'm just thankful that uh, Jesus was a part of it. And so I just want to thank God for that. Um, of course, we have some announcements. Today is the Christmas program. I have to say, Sister Lenny, I love the song that you picked out, but I've heard it so much. There's going to be a limitation in how much we sing it at the house. I'm telling you, I've, I had to tell them twice this morning, girls, please give Daddy a break. Uh, it's just gotten a little out of control. But I'm thankful they want to sing it. I'm thankful they want to sing praises to God. So we'll have a great play this afternoon. Uh, that's starting at 1230 right after the morning service. And don't forget also, we have uh, Fairhaven supposed to be coming out on March 14th. So that's kind of just a way out there ahead of time. Uh, I'm excited for them. Uh, Sister Kim told me Kenny's going to be back in the neighborhood again in January. So maybe we'll have him come on a Thursday night and, and come talk to us. And he's always a blessing to us. So I encourage you to be out there. You said around January 14th, somewhere around there? Thursday. All right. So we look forward to seeing Brother Kenny. He's always a blessing to us. Um, but that's it as far as announcements. Just a reminder, I will be gone next week. You say, Pastor, are you skipping church? Nope, nope. And I don't even get a break, Andrew. Figure that one out. I don't even get a My brother's going to make me preach next Sunday. I don't get a break from it. I just got to keep preaching. So, But you know what? That's what God's given me to do. The Bible says, well, what does it say about the uh, idea that uh, it's not grievous to us, right? His, his work is not grievous. Right. Not grievous, right? If God's called me to preach, guess what I should do? Preach. Thank you, Granny B. Preach it. Amen. Uh, but I, I tell you what, I am very grateful to be a pastor of this church. This is, 
Um, excuse me. Being a pastor of this church is, uh, means the world to me, and I just want to appreciate at the end of this year all you folks who have been such a blessing. And uh, I say that from sincerity and truth and from the deepest parts of my heart, I just thank you. Uh, you folks are really sweet, and I just want to tell you I appreciate that. Um, as far as that's concerned, we do have, uh, I'm sorry, Brother Till is not here, but we have, uh, he is having his, what anniversary, is that the 20th he'll be in, December 20th? 21 years. 21 years? Uh, so we'll have to, when we see him again, we'll have to congratulate 21 years of marriage. That's exciting. Uh, we're thankful for that as well. All right. Uh, again, I always mention if you would like to give, you can either give through the website portal on Facebook.com or you can also give uh, through uh, uh, the offering plate after the service. Uh, a couple announcements regarding, there's a couple of things I didn't have announced. Brother Rolando's back there, and this is my fault. I have told him twice that I was going to uh, uh, get a thank you out. Uh, the people that ran the coat drives uh, is Southwest Collective. Uh, wanted to thank us for using their, our facilities for their code drive. So just from the bottom of the heart, they would just wanted everybody to know that. So i just giving that out to everybody. Secondly, uh, we do have a new website. I encourage you to check it out. It's independentbaptistchicago.com. Um, we have a new design and everything. So I'd like you to check that out. And then thirdly, I forgot what I was going to say. There was one other thing on the top. Oh, uh, there are some uh, things that are being handed out. Uh, Brother Tiller and Sister, uh, Sister Kim have graciously uh, given some things that they have received, and uh, are, uh, we are humbled by it, uh, some little stockings with some gifts in there uh, for each person. So make sure you grab those before you leave today. All right, let's turn in our uh, songbooks to... Now, what did I do? Oh, I think I'm trying to hide my... 431, Silent Night, Holy Night. 431. Amen. What a good song. Sing it loud. Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm. Silent night, 
Sing it out. Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, silent night, oh, holy night, wondrous star, when thy light with the angels let us I just remembered what I was going to say. Um, we do have three platforms now that we have live streaming services. Uh, you can go through YouTube, Facebook, or sermonaudio.com uh, to be able to watch our services online. If you miss a service, you can always go back and watch it through there. Well, this morning, uh, you're going to have to forgive your pastor. I, I got a brand new Bible. No, it's, it's not a different Bible. It's the same King James Version that I, I, I read. But Brother Eric, when you get your old Bible, there's something about your old Bible that you have a hard time parting with. You know that? But I had gotten to the point, Brother Andrew, that it just was falling apart. And when the Word of God starts, pages start to fall out, uh, you've got to be careful because then you've got some heresy on your hands because there's some Bible missing. So I had to get a new one. So forgive me if it takes me a while to turn to some of the passages. Uh, it's going to be a little uh, thick for my... I write, write most, most of them down in my notes. Um, but sometimes I turn to them. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Today, I'm going to speak on the original Grinch. Uh, where's Zach? Zach's already walked out. I had to learn, you uh, hip kids in here. Where you at? I see Noah back there. He's a pretty hip guy, right? Where's Valeria? She's pretty hip. I didn't know what OG meant. And uh, I had to ask, what is OG? And it means original, okay? And uh, maybe uh, Zach, I was laughing at him yesterday. I said, what is OG? Because he said, hey, this is the, he's the OG. And I said, what is an OG? And, you know, maybe I'm just showing my age, Sister Kim. I don't remember. I didn't know this stuff, you know, and starting to catch up with me. I was telling Cassie before long, you know, you were the youngest person in the room. And before long, you're looking around and everybody's younger than you. There's a problem there. What does age always creep up on you? Um, but today we're going to talk about the original Grinch of Christmas. You know, our play today is the Grinch uh, that stole Christmas. But the idea here today is the original Grinch, uh, uh, Grinch of Christmas. See, Pastor, that's not fitting message, but believe me, you'll read this, and this is something that you'll uh, go away from not forgetting. One of the things that I found about the Christmas story is that we sometimes uh, only say the same thing over and over again. I think there needs to be things that need to be brought to light that are super important. And the person that I'm going to talk about today is Herod. Herod. Herod was one of those guys that was just as ugly as they come. Uh, some of the things they say about Herod, and we'll get to this in eventually, uh, he was just an awful, awful person. Uh, we'll read Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, and then we'll get into today's message. 
It says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is king, uh, born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. It says in verse 4, And when they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Boy, there's some good thoughts there. I, I'll stop so I don't get into it right now. Verse 6, And now Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are not least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, what a jerk, bring me work again, the word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before him, them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, please guide my lips today. Lord, I, I realize your son coming to earth to die for us. It is a great privilege. Lord, it's a privilege that I don't take lightly. It's a privilege, Lord, that I realize that we need to be excited about. And not just excited, Lord, be willing to share it with others. Lord, Jesus Christ came to die as a man. Lord, he shed his blood for us. And Lord, we are so undeserving. Lord, a lot of times we're ungrateful. I ask you today, Lord Jesus, that you just bless this message. May your hand of mercy be upon us. May we have grace to hear. And Lord, that we'd have wisdom to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. The Grinch, the Grinch. Herod was an awful, awful person. I think he's one of the people that we don't really took, look at as awful as he was. If he was in the current day, I'd think he was probably close to Adolf Hitler in his spirit. He was just an ugly, ugly person. Um, and every time of year you know, we talk about these different people, they're real historical events. I think sometimes we look at it as like a story. It's not a story. These literally are things that had happened. And you think about Herod and who he was, a couple of things that I thought I'd introduce about Herod. Herod was, came in the year of 47 B.C. Um, he was called Herod the Great. He was only 25 years old, and he had just been named governor of Galilee, a high position for such a young man. The Romans helped Herod, hoped Herod could pacify the Jews. You've heard the uh, phrase that uh, Jesus was called the ruler of the Jews in his, when he was uh, nailed to the cross. But he was really, Herod was the one that was supposed ruler of the Jews. He was very, uh, very efficient in his early days. He captured the bandit leader uh, Ezekiel and executed him. He married into his leading, the leading Jewish family. And forgive me, I'm not Jewish and I don't speak Hebrew, but I believe the word name is Hasmonians. And his wife was named Mary, Maryman. Forgive me, again, I, I struggle with my uh, Hebrew language here. In 40 BC, the Roman Senate named him King of the Jews. It was a title the Jews hated because he was, first of all, not Jew by birth, and he was not Jew by religion. <laughs> he was a killer of the Jews. He was so desperate to keep his power. And like all despots do, whenever they feel like they are being threatened, what do they do? They try to eliminate the competition, don't they? 
They try to find ways to destroy those that are going to take away their power. The interesting thing is, is he didn't just start with people that were his public enemies. He started with his brother-in-law. He killed him. He killed his mother-in-law. And lastly, he killed his wife. It was the murder of his wife that drove him mad. He killed her because he thought she was a threat to his power. But he never got over her. Even though he was only 44 years old when he killed her, he lived to be 70. But the murder of her was just the beginning. See, above everything else, Herod the Great was a killer. That was his nature. He killed out of spite. He killed to stay in power. Human life meant nothing to him. The great historian Josephus called him the barbaric. Another writer dubbed him the malevolent uh, maniac. Yet another named him the great pervert. Perhaps his basic character can be seen by one incident in the year 7 BC. Herod is an old man now. He has been in 41 years. He knows he doesn't have much longer time to live. Word comes out that his sons are plotting to overthrow him. They are sons by his late wife, Miriam. He orders them to be put by step, but to death. By how? By strangling. No wonder Caesar Augustus said it's safer, safer to be Herod's sow than to be Herod's son. His wife, his mother-in-law, his brother-in-law, two sons, and among hundreds of others, killing is what he did best. Herod was an awful, awful person. So as you take this understanding of who Herod was, realize the threat that came to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, we all know who he is, but at that time, Jesus Christ was not exactly what Herod wanted to hear. He had heard some something that was going on. And you think about it, Herod was not a Jew, and he was not by faith a Jew. I feel sorry for people. I don't feel sorry, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I, I, I feel... Um, Sometimes it's awkward when you get a bunch of Christians together and you have one unsaved person. <laughs> what happens? That bunch of Christians get together and they all talk about Christ. They all talk, well, they should anyway, right? Talk about the Son of God. They get excited about the Son of God. And Herod was constantly bombarded by these Jewish people. It would constantly rub on him the wrong way. Every time that he, they would get together, there was some type of talk about uh, their faith and talk about their Jewish heritage and talk about the good things that God was doing for them. And Herod, he would sit there and he'd have to stew in his own unbelief. He would have to stew in his own uh, 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 bad thoughts. He'd have to stew in what he was doing and still have to take it on because remember, he was the governor of the Jewish people. He had a reason to be a little bit of a Grinch. I don't think that uh, he was a religious man, but he did know that there was going to be a Messiah. He knew that there was going to come a time when somebody named what? The Christ was going to come and he was going to lead the children of Israel into the land of promise. Now, of course, from his worldly point of view and his thinking that he was thinking he was going to come and he was going to rule on this world. We know that Jesus Christ did not come to rule this world. He will come later on and do that. But this time was what? He was setting up his what? Spiritual kingdom. It wasn't earthly, but Herod, Herod didn't know that. Herod really was shaken by the idea that someone else was going to come into Jerusalem and take his power. He would have gladly given money to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. But as far as we know... He was not a very religious person. He just thought it was just bizarre. 
Herod knew that the Jews were looking for a Messiah, the one God who would send to save them and reign as king. And one chance he probably didn't think much about it. But when those wise men walked into his presence and said, there is born king of the Jews, where is he? I find it interesting. Go back to, to Matthew chapter 2. And it says here, <laughs> it says here that, uh, in verse 3, And Herod heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Why were they troubled, Brother Sam? Why was Jerusalem troubled? Shouldn't be a time of celebration. It says here in verse 6, or I'm sorry, in verse 4, it says, When he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Shouldn't the scribes and the Pharisees have been looking? Boy, is that not something we need to reflect on? Boy, there are so many people today that have lost their way when it comes to looking for Jesus Christ in their lives. Boy, there are so many people who have taken the very essence of what Christ should be for a Christian and thrown it out as just another hobby. Listen to me. Our Christian life is not a hobby. Our Christian life is not something that we just take and we bottle up and we say, well, we'll just do this on Sunday or we'll do this on Saturday or we'll do this on Thursday night when we have services. No, your Christian life is something that you do all the days of the week. It's something that you put in your life and you get up in the morning and you delve in God's word and you say, Jesus, I need something from you this morning. You, it's, it's taking time in prayer and taking time and even fasting and asking God, please help me be the Christian I need to be. It's serious, folks. It's not something that you can just sit back and say, I'm going to be a passive observer of being a Christian. It's either you are or you're not. It's either you're always going forward to live for Jesus Christ or you're moving backwards and living in sin. There's no in-between. Man, I tell you what, as, a, as an individual, I know that I sometimes fall short of this. And I have to come to God and say, God, please help me rekindle that fire within me. These scribes and these Pharisees, they didn't have that, did they? They were just going through the motions. I was telling uh, Tim, the funeral director, yesterday, and we were talking about the idea, I guess his son's going to Moody Bible. And I told him the worst place for any Christian to backslide is in the Bible college. You know why? Because they look at this book as a textbook. They look at this book as a place uh, just to read to get a paper done. Just to read to get over a test, test in, in school. They read it and they don't see it. It's alive. It's breathing. It's real. As a Christian today, let me tell you something. These scribes and Pharisees are the traditional Christian. They walk around. They're nothing but an open sepulcher. White it on the outside, but dark as sin on the inside. Listen to me, as Christians, we need to understand. And this is not even, this is free. Brother Eric, this is free. You don't have to pay for this one right here, brother. I tell you what, God loves us so much that he died for us. And, and as, a, as a Christian, I, list, I listen to people who have been so captured and so uh, um, uh, given over to the things of this world. Let's not be that person. Now, that, again, that was just separate. I do think, though, that Herod was someone that should have been dealt with. He had this insane plot. What was the plot? Well, we know that Grinch's desire, Herod's desire, is that he wanted to keep his reign as long as he could. 
First John chapter two and verse sixteen. Please turn there. First John chapter two and verse sixteen. What was his ultimate desires? Again, he was not a religious man. He was not a man of faith. He was not even Jewish by heritage. But what was his desires? Well, just like everybody else, absolutely, just like everybody else, he obeyed one thing, and that was the lust of his flesh. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Listen to me, the Bible's very clear that we've got to be careful that we're not uh, giving ourselves over to the things of this world. <laughs> you think about Herod. He had authority, didn't he? He wasn't uh, benevolent. He was what? Wicked. He was ruthless. I would hope to say that no Christian in here would be described as ruthless. A loving Christian is what we're looking for. A Christian that goes out of their way to see people saved, goes out of their way to help, goes out of their way to be uh, faithful to the things of God. But listen to me, when we get too much of a pride in our life or the pride of life in our life, we want the ultimate authority. Christians take the look at their lives and they say, I don't want God to dictate to me what I need to do. Why do you think there are so many Christians? And I'm telling you, I've had to reflect on this a little bit. Why do you think that there's so many Christians who are not faithful to the house of God? Why do you think there's so many Christians who are not being faithful to being a soul winner? Why do you think there's so many Christians who are not faithful to read God's word? Why do you think there's so many Christians that are not faithful to prayer and faithful to time with their families in the word of God? It's because they don't want to be told what to do. They want the ultimate authority. They want to be able to dictate to themselves what is right and what is wrong and not what God wants for them. Listen, we are going on a very short time in this world. It's going to pass. And all that's done for Jesus will last. And as we stand before our throne, are we going to look and say to God, look Him in the eye and say, God, no, I didn't want to do Your will because my will was more important. See, that's what Herod was. He wanted the ultimate authority. You think about what comes with authority. He got some wealth. I saw something the other day. Someone had taken a facsimile of the Constitution of the United States and put it in a meat grinder. And what they had done is they, it was like a meme, and the side of that meat grinder was dollar bills. Right? Some Christians have done the same thing with the Word of God. They've taken the Word of God, and they grind it up, and they just take out what they want. Man, I'll tell you what, it's profitable sometimes. Listen, the things that you can do if you have character, the things that you can do if you have integrity, if you follow some of these things in the Word of God, we've been going through Proverbs on Thursday night. Boy, I'll tell you what, the Bible's full of promises of the man that does right, he's going to be rewarded. You get up early in the morning, and you're a faithful worker, and you're a consistent worker, guess what? You're going to do well at your job. Why? Because the Bible does promise that. The Bible talks about laziness. It talks about being slothful. But there's some things in the Word of God that are not going to make you rich. That are not going to make you a bunch of money. There's some things in the Word of God that are hard to hear. And they're going to take away from your wealth. Paul wasn't a very wealthy man. Jesus wasn't a wealthy man. But listen to me. They still follow what God asked them to do. No matter what it would take them through. And listen, as Christians, we are a lot like Herod. We desire the lust of the flesh. 
Herod wanted something else that he wanted to obtain. He had the lust of the eyes. Lust of the eyes. Listen, as Christians, we've got to be careful that we are not covetous. There is too much in this world that we can get latched onto that can take us away from the very essence of what a Christian walk means. I was at the mall the other day. Don't get me wrong. I don't go shopping there. But I have to occasionally work at one. I work for Starbucks on my other job. And basically, sometimes I have to go into the mall to fix a machine. I was disgusted by the amount of people that were in that mall. You see out here, now praise God, we're thankful for Peach X Bakery. They're a good place. But you know what? There's a line out there on Saturday morning. You know why? Because everything delves around the lust of the flesh. Why do I think there's a line here at this church door in the morning? <laughs> pastor, you're crazy. You're crazy, Pastor. What are you talking about? Why isn't there a line at this church door? Because people are more uh, content with the lust of their eyes. What's going to fill their flesh and not what's going to fill their spirit. I'm not cursing the darkness. I'm praising God for you folks who have been faithful to this church. I'm praising God for those that have been faithful to the word of God and faithful to the things of prayer and faithful to those things. But listen to me, we have so far to go. This community can be reached for Jesus Christ. And you know what? They're lining up for Peachex Bakery, but they're also lining up for health. Every day that goes by, there's more and more people who are dying and going to hell, and they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm not saying that this church is the way to heaven. I'm saying that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. I'm saying that we have to stand before God's throne and beg Him for mercy and beg Him for Garfield Ridge Baptist Church and we need to beg Him for our families and we need to beg Him for our friends and we need to beg Him for our relatives because why? We don't want to follow the lust of these eyes. We want to follow God. Gutch's desire was those things, but he also had a plan. What was his plan? His plan was to deceive the true believers. He knew that these people, these men from the east, really believed that there was a true God out there, that he did believe that there was a true Messiah. Can you imagine as he was expecting these men to bow down to him, these uh, kings of the Orient, you might say, and they had these gifts, and he thought, oh, they're coming for me. And when they walked up to this old, nasty King Herod, they asked him, where is the true king? Where is the true king? He wanted to deceive him. He didn't want them to think that they were that they were on the right track. The Bible says in 2 John chapter 1 and verse 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 21 tells us, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Listen to me, as a Christian, we have a responsibility before God to not be deceived by the things of the world. We are not to be deceived by the things of Satan. Listen, as a Christian, it's very easy to become uh, 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 transfixed on the things of what Satan gives us, isn't it? Boy, I tell you what, there's a great lot of entertainment out there on the television set. There's a lot of entertainment on radio. There's a lot of entertainment through uh, worldly things. But listen to me, as Christians, we need to realize that we can't be what? Deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also what? Reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall reap what? Destruction. But he that uh, soweth to the uh, spirit shall reap what? 
Life everlasting. He wants to deceive him. As you can see here, he goes back and you read a little bit about what he says. What does he tell these men? Go search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Boy, it's interesting that there's a lot of people out there that claim to be Christians. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty things, like being faithful to the word of, to the house of the Lord, like reading their Bibles, like witnessing, they shy away from it. There's a lot of people being deceived. He not only wants to deceive the true believers, but listen to me, Satan does this. He uses true believers. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Grinch. Satan is the ultimate Grinch, really. He's the one that motivated Herod to be the person that he was. And he's the same person that motivates the people of this world. And he's the same person that's trying to use you as a believer. You know, you can be a detraction from Jesus Christ. Really? You know, one of the biggest things that God hates is the brother, brother or sister that sows discord among others. Do you know that? Seven things the Lord hates. What is one of them? But you know what also in that list is? Sowing discord among the brethren. Isn't that interesting? Seven of the things that he, yay, seven are abomination. Six things the Lord hates, yay, seven are abomination to him. It doesn't just say that in the Old Testament in Psalms, but it all, in Proverbs, it also says it where? In the New Testament. Listen, brother, sister in Christ. Your job as a Christian is, yes, bring glory to God. But in doing so, what are you also doing? You are encouraging your brothers and sisters in Christ to be faithful. Are there people hurting? Yes. Are there people that are going through hard times? Yes. What would it mean for that brother or sister in Christ just to get a text? Thank you, brother, Sister Barbara. She's always doing that for me. Not trying to lift her up or anything, but there's an encouragement when she does that. People send me texts. Brother Tilla sends me a text every once in a while. Just encourage. Well, I tell you what, that helps your preacher. And it reminds me that I need to be faithful as well. And encouraging others. Be faithful. Don't be someone that's used by Satan. Don't be someone that's used by your flesh. Take time to be a blessing to others. Something else that the Grinch does. He destroys the hope of the true believer. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord's. Romans chapter 8 verse 24, For we are saved by what? Hope. Listen to me, we have a great hope, don't we? We saw that, that was evident yesterday in the funeral. We have a great hope. I've thought about... I thought about just putting up pictures of these saints that have gone on before us to remind us that we have a job to do here. We have a job to do here. And these people whose lives are not in vain. 
We have a job here at Garfield Ridge Baptist Church. We have a job to reach people in Garfield Ridge Baptist community. Sister Don was one of those people here in Chicago. Brother Courtney was one of those people here in Chicago. We need to reach these people for Jesus Christ because they're dying and going to hell. Why don't we have a pardon for them? Why don't we have a love and compassion for people? Forgive me. Didn't mean to lose my composure. <sighs> Moving on. The insidious demise of this Grinch. Listen, Satan is defeated right now as we know it. Satan is dying. He's not going to he's not going to win. He doesn't have the victory. The Bible says we have victory through who? Jesus Christ. Don't we? He give us the victory. We don't have to be a defeated uh, 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 defeated in our Christian lives. We can have a successful Christian walk. We can have a love for others. We can have a desire to see people saved. We can reach others for Jesus Christ. But it all starts with what? Realizing the devil has no control over us. Herod thought he had that control. An interesting thing about Herod was, is he gained the reputation of a devious person throughout history. Listen, as Christians, we've got to be careful that we don't look into the things that are, are wicked. And Satan is one of those people. We need to be careful. As I said before, we need to prove all things. Some of the things about Herod, he died uh, without accomplishing his, accomplishing his desire and purpose. Satan is defeated just like Herod was. Something else I found here, he killed thousands of babies. He didn't look at life as important. If you don't get the sanctity of life right, you're going to have a hard time with everything else. If you can't understand the life of a, Christ, of a person is important, you won't understand anything else. Can you imagine the scene as the soldiers on a death squad breaking into the Bethlehem homes in the dead of the night, taking the baby boys, covering their faces with a sheet? One soldier grabs a leg while another takes a knife. It's a gross, gruesome thought. But I'm bringing it for real for you. Can you imagine as they do things, as the mother is screaming and wailing in the background? Through, they go through the streets and go seeking every baby boy. I can't imagine. I have a little boy. I can't imagine someone killing my baby. All night long you hear nothing but wailing and screaming. They had orders to kill every baby boy. Don't miss one. It was over the, the, not only their jobs but their own lives. They had to do this. And they did their job well. By morning, the slaughter was over, the soldiers gone, the babies dead, and all over the town, Bethlehem rang out loud cries and mourning. Mothers who refused to be comfort, comforted and children who were no more. Can you imagine that? That's what Satan wants to do with you. That's what he wants to do with your Christian walk. He wants to just send in his, his uh, gulags, his troops, his soldiers to destroy your Christian walk. It's interesting. He became, he drove the very people he wanted to deceive to, and destroy to great victory. You think about it. Why didn't he just put throw those guys in jail? Why didn't he do what he thought he should have done and, and just killed them? He killed everybody else. But you know what he didn't? What did he do? 
Oh, go find him. God knew what was going on, didn't he? Three wise men later went and celebrated Christ's birth. His death was celebrated. It's said that he died alone. The Bible concludes the story by noting the death of Herod in verse 19. Josephus, who was a biblical historian, says that he died uh, with maggots eating away part of his body. He died in agony and insane, tormented, and he was delirious. Why did he die that way? Because it was all about him. I can't imagine the judgment that would be put upon him, the very man who tried to kill baby Jesus. There are very many people who act like the Grinch. Millions act like the Grinch. They desire their own power. They desire their own authority. They follow their own lusts. Millions face the same consequences of 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 the Grinch as well. Listen to me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you will die in your sins. Mentioned it yesterday. But listen to me. If you die in your sins, please don't. Give it to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one that is the hope that we have. He is the one that loves you. We get to the end of our lives and we say, what have we done? What am I doing for Jesus? I don't want to be the person who stands back and prohibited anybody from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want anybody here not to hear that Jesus Christ does save. And he does love. And he does want to work with people. Listen to me. If you die in your sins. You're going to face the eternal punishment. Turn to Revelation chapter 21.8. Exact thing. You say. Whoa. What a horrible person that Herod was. Listen to me. Herod was a awful person. But listen to me. You're going to spend the same eternity in the same place that Herod did. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 says, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and, and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. Listen to me. When you stand before a holy, a just God, there's going to be no excuse. He's going to say, listen, did you follow my word? Did you take my uh, precious gift of my son seriously? Did you accept Him as your personal Savior? Did you turn to me? Did you turn to me and turn from your sin? Did you turn to my Son and say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me, I am a sinner. I was so privileged. I mentioned it yesterday in my message. So privileged to be able to lead my little girl, Callie, to the Lord. Most of my kids, I led to the Lord a couple of them, just prayed. They didn't even need me. They knew it. Daddy had been preaching to him 24-7 about it. Callie came to me and she says, Daddy, she says, I need to be saved. She says, I just got saved with you last time because Katie was doing it. I wanted to be like Katie. I wanted to do what Katie was doing. She says, but I know I didn't get saved and I know I didn't ask Jesus to be my Savior. Can I do that today? She prayed and she asked Jesus. I didn't have to have her repeat a prayer after me. She knew. You could know. If you leave your desires up to some of the things that the world wants you to do, it's going to lead you to the ultimate destruction. I'm going to leave you with three things. I know this sermon was a little heavy today. I ask you to please um, take these things home. Three things that I think every Christian has to look at in the birth of Christ. 
There's three different people that look at the birth of Christ. Like Herod, some take it very much with hostility. They look at the birth of Christ as a hostility to their lifestyle. They look at the birth of Christ as a hostility to who they want to be. And Jesus Christ, when He came, He came to seek and to save those that are lost. But even His own did not want to receive in it, as it says in John chapter 1 and verse 11. Herod died, but his spirit lives on. To those who are offended by Jesus, even by the mere mention of His name, they oppose the spiritual truth and want to erase every trace of Christmas from public life. I think there's a lot of people, not just Christmas, but Christ in general, They've banned it from our schools. They've banned it from uh, public, uh, public squares. There's many people that don't want any aspect of it. Now there's others that are not just hostili- uh, have hostility towards the birth of Christ, but they have, some of them have indifference. Some are like the scribes. They've been represented as religiously indifferent. Oh yeah, there's a Jesus that's going to be born over there in Bethlehem. You know how far Bethlehem was? From them? Six miles. Six miles. Don't you think they'd want to go check it out? Right? Don't you think they would have said, Ah, yeah, well, you really, you think that's true? You think there's a Christ child that's going to be born? Let's go with you guys. They were just indifferent. They literally looked at these guys and said, I hope you have a nice trip. (laughs) If you find the Messiah, let us know. We'll be in touch. Who's worse? Herod or the scribes? Absolutely. The Bible says if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. God doesn't look at our sin the way we look at it. He looks at it totally different. He hates it, all of it. Now God might hate things even more, as he says in Proverbs, seven things, six things do I hate, the A7. I'll get into that sometime later. But he hates all of it. And he hates it steeply. He doesn't allow it to continue. He's holy. He's just. He's right. Lastly, I hope this is us. There's one last spirit, and that is the spirit of worship. They're the wise men. They found the baby. They bowed down and worshipped Jesus Christ. It's interesting that there's an ironic twist of the Christmas story that the pagans came and worshipped Jesus and not Jesus, or not the people who knew about him. Isn't that interesting? Those guys from the East, they, had, they didn't know Jesus. They didn't know, they weren't Jewish. But they came and worshipped him. They came and bowed down to him and gave him great gifts. I hope your Christmas season is filled with joy. I hope you are looking to Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. God doesn't want us to take the response of Herod. God doesn't want us to take the response of the scribes. God wants us to take the response of the three wise men. I'm sure there was great expense that were involved in those wise men looking for baby Jesus. Because they knew it was special. I hope your Christmas spirit and your season is something that is of God. I hope that this year is something that you will be... Um, growing in your faith. We've had a rough year since 2020. 
We've had some crazy things happen. We've had some um, uh, very evidently earth-moving things. But that should not change. If anything, it should make us draw closer to Him. Let's remember that this week. Let's stand together. As Chloe comes and plays, I would ask you to please take time with God this, this, this Christmas season. Spend extra time in His Word, extra time in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you just bless this invitation as only you can. Lord, may we have that spirit that says, cries, Abba, Father. May you bless in Jesus' name. Amen. bless this play Lord that's going to happen I pray for the fellowship to follow thankful for all these people who have been faithful to your house this morning I thank you for their giving their pastors some mercy and grace and listening to him as he preaches I pray Lord that your word of God would go forth and Lord it would spread abroad in people's hearts people would surrender to you and spend more time with you and Lord really garnish their lives with the things of your word may you bless as only you can and Lord, I just pray for those that are sick and are out due to uh, sickness or other things. Lord, I just ask that you just please help them and encourage them. Lord, help us to grow together as Christians. Help us to unify under the cause of Jesus Christ. May you do all these things in your name. Amen. Just a reminder, we're going to have the play at 1230, so if you would be... Uh...